Welcome to Green Eggs and West Ham. I'm Chris S. along with my co-host Chris W. This podcast is dedicated to providing lighthearted, concise analysis on everything concerning West Ham. We hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to Green Eggs and West Ham. Well, after a decent hiatus, uh, we're back and we've got a lot of exciting things to talk about. Uh, first, Chris, let's update a little bit on where we've been, why we weren't able to put out uh, episodes really uh, frequently last year, and then uh, kind of where we're going now with uh, the new season coming up. So first, uh, for me, I was on a deployment with uh, the U.S. military, uh, gone for most of the season, missed a lot of games, but watched as many as I possibly could uh, when the chance arose, uh, and then caught about the last uh, maybe two th- or sorry, uh, last third of the season. So um, it got some decent, uh, a decent view of the team, but it was after a lot had already happened. So that's after the January transfer window. Um, and I kind of came in and got to see like, for instance, Piquetta and some of the talent um, that we had. Skamaka had already been hurt, was out. So I wasn't able to watch him. So all the, um, yeah. all the best parts of the season is what you got to see, essentially. <laughs> I did get to see us. And we'll, we'll touch on a little bit, but yeah, there's some excitement at the end. So, uh, Chris, what about you? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I've been, um, I wasn't any anywhere as exotic as you. I was just here finishing up my, my schooling and uh, moving to a, to a new location. So I'm back in Texas now. Um, and just, I, I was able to watch the whole season and, and kind of uh, the, uh, get my thoughts on it. I just wasn't able to kind of, be as involved with a Twitter account. And obviously with you gone, we didn't do any episodes, but I'm really looking forward to getting back to talking about this and, and just how much we share our passion for West Ham again. So, yeah. Yeah. Hopefully this season we'll be able to do more, much more frequent uh, podcasts. Yes. Yes. And there's been a lot of exciting things to talk about. Uh, So we're going to be diving pretty much right in. Um, So Chris, uh, you want to run through real quick what we've been talking about and then we'll just go ahead and kick it off. Yeah, so we're going to give a little bit of a thoughts on how last season ended. Maybe kind of the the front front room drama between Moyes and Steiden, uh, what's going on there. Kind of talk about you know our captain leaving Rice, going to Arsenal, how that affects the team, and then looking at some of the the incoming signings that look some of them look very imminent, some of them maybe not so much. Uh, and then kind of just finishing up with what we think the team needs to do in the last days of the window. So just for those listening to it, we're recording this on uh, August the 9th. So uh, as of now, we have not made any official signings, but as uh, a lot of in-the-know sources will update, uh, those will probably come in the next couple of days. So we've got those thoughts on the last season. And Chris, I think it's best if I lead off and kind of give my slight perspective, and then you kind of uh, give me the whole you know, what you saw throughout the season and if it continued through what I saw. So uh, incredible talent from Piquetta. I don't think we would have done nearly as well uh, without him. And then also his talent up for him. He, creativity he brings was immense, in my opinion. Um, so that was really nice to see because I did not expect that um, coming back. Uh, and then Skamaka, I really wanted to see play. Didn't really see a lot of him, uh, obviously, just due to the injury. Uh, thought our defense was okay. I think Bryce obviously played extremely well, especially towards the end of the season. Um, very sad to see him go. But uh, yeah, I would I would say Pukata really stood out to me. Rice obviously stood out to me. And then um, didn't really see a lot from Suchek from what I was seeing. Um, so I'm interested to hear what you saw throughout the season. Uh, and then, yeah, that is pretty much, uh, I'd say, <laughs> all I can contribute, you know, and, and obviously we did, you know, pretty well in the tournament and everything, but just kind of those players stood out to me. So what, what did you yeah. see? I'd say overall, uh, the team was really kind of uninspiring for the majority of the Premier League season itself. Um, really sluggish, gave up tons of possession as, as, as most Moises teams do but really lack the threat of the counterattack this year uh, for a good portion of the season. Let me jump right back in. I, uh, speaking about counterattack, uh, I did see Emerson and then Kirsten as well, and both of them were pretty um, – so you're talking about that counterattack and, like, the quick play. That yeah. was interesting. So I want to hear your thoughts on them because what I thought was pretty decent. Yeah, so we basically – we started off our season. It looked Everything looked like Moise was going to go to his – five back system, Emerson and Aguirre being the big signings to kind of make that work. Um, but then in preseason, Aguirre gets hurt and we, we don't really get to see how see him at all. And so we get, get kind of get forced back to that four, two, three, one. 
Suchek and Rice playing in the defensive mid and just with with Aguerd out and Zuma kind of in and out of the lineup with injuries, our defense looked bad. Um, and on top of that, we weren't scoring goals. Um, I'd say Suchek was poor the whole season. Uh, Moyes throughout the season just would not drop him. And it was really getting to the point where uh, the majority of the fan base, including myself, was Moyes out. Just thought we were, we're going to go down if we keep up like this. Um, Paqueta was kind of playing in a more advanced, pure number 10 role, um, but but looked a little um, not up to the pace of the Premier League in terms of wasn't getting rid of the ball quickly, wasn't making the impact, was getting was getting dispossessed too easily. Um, and then our strikers and, and wingers just weren't putting in the ball. Um, I'd say Ben Rama probably looked our best player starting the season. Just he was the only person that could seem to create anything. Um, but we all know Moises kind of on again, off and off again relationship with him. And so he wasn't even in the lineup very much. Uh, and then that all kind of changed a little bit after probably January. We, you know, we actually didn't make a signing in the window. And I, I think that was kind of at the end of the window is pretty much our low point as a team where the fan base certainly were going to go down. Skamaka was injured at that point, had shown flashes, but nothing huge. And so Antonio was our only fit striker. Sorry, we did we did sign Ings at the end of the window, yes. um, but but that just kind of didn't look. But then it kind of things started turning around. I'd say the biggest moment was was when Aguirre came back into the lineup, and and Zuma got fully fit, and we had them combined to really um, just solidify that defense. And once we got that, we still weren't creating a ton of goals, uh, but but a lot better. And so I'd say. At that point, we we kind of continued our strong Europa League form, got got safety in the league, which is kind of all we needed at that point. It carried through and just had a fantastic kind of last three rounds of the Europa League, the Europa Conference League. So I'd say your your thoughts on Suchek were right on. He just he was terrible. By the time you you saw Paqueta really was coming into his own. Yeah, Rice was showing great great leadership qualities. Our defense was much more secure with that center back partnership. And in the end, we came away with a trophy. First time in a long time. So I'd say a successful season, but it, it was painful. It was painful. Yeah, so it's interesting. The legacy of this season is going to be that we won the trophy. We stayed up. We did you know, what we needed to do in the Premier League enough, I would say. Uh, but, but the trophy was massive. And that was really exciting to see, especially because now we've got European football again this year. Yep. Uh, and so, that, yeah, anyways, really exciting to see. I was very happy. Well, and it, 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 it was exciting, but it, it, it got a little sour right after because we, we see there was a lot of kind of two things shadowing. One, the imminent departure of Rice, and yes. two, the backroom changes to the staff where I believe – Moise's top two coaches, if I if I don't if I'm right, left and and other shakeups just kind of within the West Ham structure. Some thoughts about Mark Noble's position, where is he going to be finally hiring Tim Steiden? So a lot of up and down. Um, where do you see this kind of? We'll, we'll talk about Rice in just a moment, but let's talk kind of about what what's going on with the the kind of the managerial and director staff. Where do you see this whole Sullivan, Moyes, <laughs> Steiden, Noble? I don't even know what to call it. A mess. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah mess. Everyone's <laughs> seeming to be slightly of a different opinion, or not slightly to a, a lot of a different opinion. And yeah, let me real quick to set this up. Uh, at the end, you said you were Moyes out a little bit throughout the season. When would at the very end of the season, let's say on the last day, you say you were Moyes out in before all the day. I was Moyes in from the moment Bowen's goal went in the back of the net. Okay. Till <laughs> about two weeks into the window. And then I switched back to Moyes out. Okay. So that and the reason I wanted to lead off with that was because I came in, I hadn't you know, I've been very disconnected. I was at um, I'm in the Navy, so we were disconnected from the internet for a while. So I was following as much as I could and I knew there were problems, but I didn't really understand uh, until I got back. Get back see the problems with Moyes and we at that point we basically stay up uh, within a, a couple games we were up so I think the pressure was very relieved uh, at that point and now where everyone was just focused on doing well in the league um, in the the cup game so 
Uh, that was interesting because I never was really moist out, if that makes sense. Um, but yeah. after just so basically just that tail end of the season, we won the cup, uh, the um, Europa Conference League. Fantastic. Go into transfer window. That dynamic changed a lot. So let's talk about, like you yeah. said, a lot of the coaching changes, a lot of the staffing changes. We brought in um, Steiden, right, for recruiting. He did extremely well. Um, at, you know, he was at what, Leverkusen before, so um, did really well there. He likes the young, and I tend to lean the younger talent as well. Um, I thought Moyes was doing that with the team and what he was kind of putting together last year, but it's been interesting to think that we have a lot of cap right now. I'm confident from where we sit right now on August 9th going into the season, and I don't understand why we hired Steiden but then didn't really listen to him. He had some pretty good targets, in my opinion, uh, that were put forward, and the club just didn't chase after them. Are, are you kind yeah. of feeling the same thing? But, yeah, so I, I'd say one, winning winning that final kept Moise's job. Yes. I'm, I'm certain he was going to be gone if he didn't win. Yep. Um, I think looking back on it, he probably should have gone anyway. It does, To me, it does not make sense to hire a technical director known for scouring across Europe to bring in young, promising talent, but someone who doesn't have Premier League experience and who doesn't recruit players that have... Mm. He, this is, he doesn't recruit people that are proven. He recruits people that will become good players. Yes. Into a position where his counterpart, Moyes, resist any sort of unproven youth promising potential just he only wants not only premier league proven players but often like homegrown talent you know british players um or or non-british players that basically came up through uh the uk footballing system and not to have a clear hierarchy of, okay, we're giving this the reins over to Steiden or it's fully on Moyes, kind of having this shared system where no one really has final say. Also having Mark Noble thrown in there, David Sullivan still wanting a hand to transfers. It doesn't make sense. Um, it, it, and it, it, you know, as, as bad as David Moyes has already been at, in the past about deciding who he wants, this just seems to exacerbate the problem. Yeah, no, it definitely does. And what I don't understand, and I don't think the club understands this, is they brought in Steiden. So did they want Steiden to hand Moyes a list of the top 10 players, you know, what we could roughly get them for and say, all right, Moyes, it's your choice. Or did they want him to come in and say, hey, this is the list that we basically have to get. And, you know, maybe you can take one or two off, but this is what we're getting. And that was not very clear. And I think it needs to be clear either one way or the other. Yeah, I agree with you. I hear the guy. Players and reject every single decision they make. I know, yeah. According to X WHU employee, who obviously has superior information, he seemed to indicate that that Stein was brought in to give a different opinion to Moyes. But it still seemed from that discussion, it also seemed like there wasn't a play into hand one or the other. I mean, so Moyes is on the last year of his contract. He's potentially out the door. You know, I mean, he's even if even if he's not fired, he could he could leave next year with without any additional compensation, and so that kind of creates uh, conflicting incentives between him and Stite because it, it makes sense why Moyes, in the situation he's in, wants proven, experienced players because he mm-hmm. he can't if we go in three three four games and and don't have a good result, he could be out. Yep. So he doesn't have time for Steiden to find a 21-year-old wonder kid to come in and who, you know, come March is on fire. He, he doesn't have time for that. He needs, for him to keep his job, he wants the the kind of uh, pure player. It's like, if anyone's familiar with kind of the, the college football, college American football system uh, in the U.S., it's there's almost no coach, head coach, on his final, the final year of his deal, he's either fired before he gets to the final year, or he's extended 
Tory has multiple years. And the reason why is that the players that the recruiting happens, so that basically they, they're here for four or five years. Uh, and if a coach has one year left on his contract, and he goes to recruit a player, but that player knows that guy's going to be gone in a year. He doesn't want to come to that school. He'll go to another school where the coach has a, a four-year, a five-year, six-year contract. So he knows he's secure. And I feel like that's the problem with Moyes now. He's, he's being forced to operate on a short-term timeline where the rest of the, the organization is more on this long-term timeline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that pretty much sums it up well. Now, going in, what does Moyes have to do to keep his job and to get extended? And I would say it is uh, pretty much European football next year in finishing the Premier League. So maybe top, yeah. I'd say top eight, roughly, maybe top six um, which is which is a lot, especially with the team we have now. I think uh, we have to get some signings, so, but that's beside the point. Right now, I don't know. I don't. I don't think that's achievable, especially with. And we'll talk about Rice leaving in just a moment. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like Mo, to me, Moyes is a great. It's a very very good defensive coach, but his offensive system, at best, equals the sum of the parts, and at worst hinders the top talent so i think there's there's kind of a couple things a system can do it can it can bring the best out of players either the whole team or you know a couple key individual players or it can just barely squeak by and i think moise's system is on the offensive side barely squeaks by he Mm -hmm. relies you know he i don't think there's a single player that moise's system has elevated to the next level. We see like Rice, everything Rice did, he basically did on his own. Paqueta took forever to get involved, but at the end, at the end he was great, but it wasn't because he was operating in Moise's system. Like Moise's system wasn't putting Paqueta in great positions. And so, whereas if you look at, you know, some of like the, Barcelona's Tiki Taco was putting players in good positions. And, and obviously there's a legendary system. Uh, the early, early, um, the early years of Klopp's Geiken pressing was putting his players in better positions. Uh, Pep throughout his career has kind of elevated the players that, he, that he's coached. Whereas I, I can't say that there's a player that's better off. It's maybe Fellaini at Everton when Moyes was there. But we have, like, we sign a Skamaka. We sign, mm-hmm. sign a Paqueta. We, we had Rice. And honestly, all of these players did what they could to succeed, but they weren't showcased well in Moise's system. Um, and I'm worried that we're buying the same type of players now that can only just survive in Moise's system, but not thrive. Yeah. yeah, so that's an interesting point. But when I saw Ings come in, at least the games I saw, I didn't see him be super impactful. The only, and that goes with like a lot of other signings, in my opinion, where they kind of come in and they're not fantastic. The one signing I would say that was signed um, under Moise that has improved and has really shown himself, I think would be our goalkeeper, Ariola, right? So, He's the only one, but that I. But don't he was already say... at PSG beforehand, so it's not no, like he exactly. wasn't a good prover. Yeah, like exactly. Yeah. That's my point. Is like you can't really say that the coaching system is what made him better. Like I think yeah. he just shined a lot because he has shown that he's really good at West Ham. But he's the only player that I can even think back to being like, hey, under Moyes, he has come become really good. But you know, Rice was already fantastic beforehand, right? So yeah. I, I would say Ariel like elevated his own game. But like you kind of you mentioned before. Uh, for Rice, at least, that he kind of did it himself. Like, it, you can't say that the coaching was what made yeah. him a better goalkeeper. So, the only players that maybe, and I think this was short lived, I don't think they've sustained it, is Suchek and Suval, the Suchek boys. I think Moise's system got a good, good, good amount out of them early. Obviously, with Suchek, this last season was horrible. And yeah. so, I, yeah, yeah, I'd agree with you. Yeah. Um, all right. Sweet. You want to get into why Rice, uh, well, not why, but I guess what we're going to do with the money, what his 
you know, transfer, how it impacts the team, that kind of discussion. Yeah, so that, I guess just a like from a, from a note, like there's there's kind of two camps in the West Ham fan base about this. Those that think Rice kind of betrayed them and those that are, you know, obviously very sad to see Rice leaving, but kind of have an, a still overall very positive impression on him. I think I'm in the latter camp. I think Rice was honestly with his skill level was generous to give us the additional year. I think he could have gone last summer if he really forced it. Um, we've seen players force very bad exits from West Ham before. Dimitri Payet. Dimitri uh, Payet, Marco, prime example. Yeah, Marco Arnaut, Arnautovic. <laughs> yep. Like, really just ugly, ugly situations. And Rice was none of that. I mean, yeah. there was so much media speculation beginning, you know, the January before last about who's Rice going to go to, he's too big for West Ham, all that. But that was never being driven by Rice. He was never fanning the flames. I mean, yeah, I think he made one or two comments when he was with the England squad about how much he'd like to play with this guy or that guy. And Yeah, like the, I, I think those are blown out of proportion. Um, he wasn't saying, I hope I go to Chelsea right now or, you know, I want I, I only ever want to play for Pep Guardiola, you know, whatever it is. And so... It, you know, he he gives us his full effort through the season. We, he lifts the Europa League tro- Conference League trophy. I think he, without his leadership, we probably would have gone down. Um, and so at this point, he's going to only have a you know about a year. You know, he's he's getting to the end of his contract. This is kind of the last chance we had to sell him for big bucks. We, I don't like that he basically said for early on this window that it's only going to be Arsenal or indicated that because um, I thought that could have hurt our, the fee we got. I don't think it ended up hurting the fee. I think they paid what we wanted anyway in the end. But, you know, I, I ultimately will have very positive memories of him. I think he's a, a, a true professional. Yeah, quite frankly, I don't understand the opposition. Uh, he, uh... I saw a lot of opposition when he made a statement about how excited he was for Arsenal. He gave, he wrote West Ham. I thought a very nice letter about his, what his time meant to him at the club. um, You know, what the people mean to him, the fans, all that stuff. And I thought it was a very nice letter. And I don't know what more you can expect from a player, you know, who is going to be excited about going to a new club, but also has that respect. I mean, he, a nice letter like I, I i am very happy with his departure in yeah. terms of how he handled it not i wish obviously we had him i also think that it would have hurt his career and hurt his money that we could have gotten for him his transfer fee i should say um if he had stayed yeah no i think i think it's because his contract only would have gotten shorter yeah. um i think to to maybe play the devil's advocate for the people that that had a bad opinion I think they primarily uh, were bad. They were mad that he went to Arsenal, where he could have gone to Bayern Munich, he could have gone to Man City. Um, these both are teams that have more both domestic and international, you know, continental success than Arsenal. Even though Arsenal was very good this past season, um, I I get there their thoughts if it's only you know yes Declan would have had a better chance at winning the Champions League winning the Premier League almost certainly if he went to Man City and he would have won the Bundesliga every year if he went to to Bayern Munich but he's he's from London his family's in London I get why he wants to be there and also I City's a better team but Rice would have has a bigger part to play in Arsenal than he would City Pep's known for having a guy come in, not really going to be playing. I mean, look at Grealish. Grealish basically didn't play at all his first season there. He eventually came into the team and did great. But then for every Grealish, there's also a Calvin Phillips, who was signed to be a very particular player in the system. For whatever reason, Pep didn't like him or doesn't, doesn't think he has a quality, and then he doesn't feature. And so I think there, I, I think Rice could get himself into that Man City team but I, I also see there there is more risk of going to a city than an Arsenal. Arsenal, I think, made out great. They have the perfect player 
And yeah, I, yeah. So I think we, you know, we've got what Flynn Downs. Uh, we saw him play a little bit. I think he's going to be our main replacement. I also am curious if we switch systems, but um, yeah, we'll. Well, we also we also might be bringing in a replacement uh, right within the next twenty four hours, and we'll 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 cover that uh, the next segment. Chris, do you have any final thoughts on Rise before? We wrap yeah, up this no, segment? I'm. I, I wish he was still with us. Obviously, his talent's going to be hugely missed. Um, I'm excited to see what's what's coming up, though. Yeah. All right. Well, next segment, we'll talk about some of the potential incomings and, and what we think West Ham need to do to, to round out this window. back to green eggs and west ham so there's been a little bit of delay since the last time we recorded the first segment so at this point a couple of small changes uh, alvarez has officially been announced for the club uh and then james Ward prowse all reports are saying he is imminently signing uh coming in for a medical uh in in just 24 hours so chris we have have our first senior player coming in edison alvarez 25 year old defensive midfield mexican mid- midfielder uh, most recently from Ajax. So you've actually seen him play a little bit uh, uh, on Mexico uh, against the U.S. men's national team. What are your thoughts of him and how he'll fit into the team? Yeah, so this is pretty interesting. Uh, we've got a 35 million pound signing and we're throwing money behind a player that um, is not only young, but he's also proven, uh, much like Declan was with the English team, he's played for Mexico and he's been a star on Mexico. Uh, the Mexican team has been really strong in the past, Recently, in the past couple of years, not nearly as strong. Um, but out of the, um, I guess, the brokenness in the Mexican team right now, uh, Alvarez has shined. So um, there's a lot of, specifically talking about international football, when uh, the U.S. has been attacking, Alvarez is one of the um, people that has that kind of touch and the wherewithal to know where to be, um, where you know the attack's happening. And I, f- I feel like it's that special touch that Declan had, actually, which is kind of interesting. Um, so I'm extremely excited. I didn't like the player because he was on the Mexican national team, and obviously I'm a U.S. men's national team fan. However, um, extremely excited to have him for West Ham because I think he is going to be an excellent replacement. Um, and it's interesting that you know we, had Fl- we have Flynn Downs and everything. I thought that was kind of going to be their replacement for Declan, but I'm glad that we signed someone that is uh, – I would argue a little bit more proven, um, has more experience, and uh, also, like I said, is pro- proven on the international stage. So yeah, so let's kind of I guess let's talk about some of the characteristics of Alvarez. So obviously, we're losing a lot in Rice. Great defensive ability, covers a lot of the pitch. Great, great passer of the ball, both short and long, and can really carry the ball. It seems to me, both from having watched Alvarez a little bit on the national team and, and kind of looking at his statistics. He offers a lot defensively. Do you think he he provides for just speaking defensively? Do you think he provides pretty much what Rice does, or is it is it kind of where does that compare? Yeah, so I don't want to go into the season expecting to get a one for one trade with Rice. Obviously, I think Declan Rice was a one of a kind player in that he could be that box box midfielder, uh, but also has the wherewithal with um, extremely good defensive prowess. Uh, with Alvarez. He, like you said, he's a little bit more defensive. I don't see him doing the whole dribble forward uh, and score a goal when we really, really need it. You know, as kind of like the captain leadership that we saw from Declan. Um, not that he can't do it, but it's definitely going to be a change. So I, I want to set the expectation is that it's not going to be the same player. Um, would, however, would you say if, if we look at these kind of the three categories of defense, passing, and ball progression, closest to Declan on defense? Mm-hmm least like Declan on on ball carrying yeah yeah I think that's a great way to put it yeah yeah and uh, he's gonna provide I think a lot to the defense like I said he's got that uh, wherewithal that I'm honestly I've seen Suchek miss um, the wherewithal on where to be on the field and uh, I guess like where the defense needs the most help because sometimes I see Suchek a little bit out of position Uh, Declan was very I don't think I actually ever saw him out of position and I feel like Alvarez is gonna be the same so 
let's kind of assume that, that Moyes is going to either do the 4-2-3-1 that he used a lot last season or kind of the 4-3-3 that we saw at the end of the season. If we lose Rice, if we just slotted Alvarez in there, I think our team would be really lacking for creativity if you have both, basically both Suchek and Alvarez in a, in a midfield together. However, it looks like we're about to make another signing that might replace Suchek in the first team, and that's James Ward-Prowse from Southampton. 28-year-old, soon to be 29-year-old, I believe. Um, obviously known for his set-piece taking. Uh, do you think he would match up well with Alvarez? Do you, first of all, do you think he is meant to replace Suchek or some other position, and how do you think he will fit alongside our new signing? Yeah, so that I'm curious to see how Moyes does it because um, I don't think Suchek – I think Suchek needs to have some pressure on his position. I think with Flynn Downs and only Suchek, there was not a ton of pressure. Who's going to play in that position now that we've signed Alvarez? Um, I, I think there's a little bit more pressure there. So I want to I see what happens. I don't think Suchek right now should start. In my opinion, uh, I think we should put Alvarez and yeah, possibly Flynn Downs. Um, obviously, you know, if we get some other players like um, James Ward-Prowse, that would be fantastic. I think I could see those two starting, um, assuming the signing goes through. Right now, it looks very likely. I could see those two starting. But um, another thing that I want to comment on, which I think is fantastic, is like you mentioned, you know, like 28, and then Alvarez is about 25, uh, if I remember correctly. So these players have years on them, which I like too. Um, you know, yeah. we'll get to Maguire in a second. That's a little bit different, but we talked about that balance between signing super young players um, and then also signing super experienced players because Moyes wants to have a little bit of job security. Um, I think this is honestly a pretty good balance. I'm pretty happy with both of these. What do you think? I think they're going to fit well together. I, I think yeah. if if we look at it as, and, and this is yet to be seen if this will be how Moyes lines it up, basically replacing in the starting lineup Rice and Suchek with Alvarez and James Ward-Prowse. I think that's about as good a job as we could have done, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. especially without – And I mean, obviously, I think Total will have paid about uh, 65 million pounds for the two of them. Mm -hmm. um, for that price, I think, in today's market, that's great. Uh, specifically, I think upgrading the Suchek role I guess you would almost look at Alvarez as a Suchek replacement and Ward-Prowse as more the Rice replacement then um, if they go together, just because of, I, I, you know, the, the more offensive nature of, yeah. of James, or at least the, the, the passing ability of James Ward-Prowse. And honestly, like he, he's, you know, he's, he's not, he's kind of in the mid to end of his prime at 28, 29, but his game isn't really built on athleticism, almost kind of like Mark Noble. He's more built on um, other characteristics, different characteristics of Mark Noble, but non-athletic, more um, right positioning, finding the right player for him, um, whereas Mark Noble maybe was a little more defensive tenacity. Uh, I think he can age really well into his early 30s, uh, and even in, the, in a, a game as physical as the Premier League. Um, where What I don't think would be great is if we played – Suchek with either of these two specifically yes. you know even if we had a, let's say midfield three of Suchek Alvarez and Ward Prowse I just don't think that has a creative I think we're right back kind of just kicking the ball down the field to a single striker and hoping for the best and, and that didn't really do a lot for us last year yeah so that's what a really good point um and what I mentioned earlier with uh, Alvarez not being the most offensive minded compared to, you know, what we saw with some of the dribbles from Declan. Um, when you play him with Suchek, Suchek doesn't really do that, you know, box to box, like dribbling either. And uh, I think that was a special feature of Declan. So if you play them together, I agree. I don't think that would be the best uh, combination. I think if you played, yeah, like maybe a Ward Prowse and uh, Alvarez, uh, Flynn Downs, I guess I want to say is, like to be determined i just haven't yeah. seen enough of that yet and he's young so i mean there, i don't you know i don't want to put that on him yet there's some reports it's still early yet so some reports were, were to be maybe loan him to southampton to get this james mm -hmm. Ward deal over the line i don't know if if that'll come to fruition i think he may i i liked him a lot i i think he 
I would like him to feature more, but it just seems like the moves we're making and the targets we've we've had this summer make me think that Moyes doesn't think he's ready. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, one thing, Chris, let me uh, get your pick your brain on this. Do you think it's concerning that we are signing two high profile players, defensive midfield players? Yes, we lost Declan. We need a little bit of replacement, but what about our offense? Because I'm kind of concerned about that. You know, we we are we have another potential major target in our uh, to shore up our defense in Harry Maguire. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just don't see a lot of offensive players that we're really looking at. It's kind of been the midfield and defense. Yeah, so I guess let's kind of we'll, yeah we'll, we'll kind of shift to that forward side of the field. So we lost Kamaka for I mean I thought I I would have liked to see more of him, but. It was the same same thing with Hilaire. Moyes just was never going to use him the way he needed to be used to get the best out of him. So at that point, sure, just get rid of him. He wants to go. So we're, we come in with Ings, Antonio, and Mubama as our, our three forwards. I honestly, I'm not a big fan of Ings uh, in, Moyes, in Moyes' system. He just does not. He can't be a, a lone striker. He maybe can play off of another striker as kind of a poacher, but he just doesn't. I, I don't see how he will ever succeed in what Moyes likes to do. Antonio's getting up there and, and is very injury prone. He was great for us at the end of last season, but I'm really excited about Mubama. I think he can be, I honestly think if he's given the chance to, to be in the team even a little bit this year, he's going to reach double digit goals. I think he's going to, to be that impactful. I think he's much more clinical than Antonio has much better sense of in the box and around the box movement. He's not, he is not as good uh, of a dribbler, like a ball carrier as Antonio is. Um, yeah. He can, he can hold up well. He just can't get the ball turn and run like Antonio can. Um, but I think he can be really great. I do think we need another forward. I, We've been linked to a few wingers. We've been linked to. We haven't really been linked to a lot of center forwards. Um, although with Maka leaving, we might be. I think we need one guy that can play both, kind of like mm-hmm. a Bowen esque, a guy that maybe is best on the wing or up front, but it can play the other one well enough. Because uh, I think we're we're light on the wing and light up top. But I don't. I wouldn't say we need two players. What do you think? Yeah, no, I agree. So let me just pose this question. What do you think of the talk around Cole Palmer? Yeah, uh, I I like him a lot. I I don't see us getting Cole Palmer unless Paquetta leaves. I think okay. those two are going to be linked together. Um, okay. Even though they, I'd say they probably play... Cole Palmer has played... A little bit in the in the center of the park, but more is on the wing, mm-hmm. and I think that's where maybe it seems to be more where he suited. I almost, I would lo- I would love him on the team. I think he'd be a great signing for us. Great age, very young, very talented. If he can, get, if I mean, he didn't feature much for City last year, but but it's City, so. it's City, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. and we've had we've had a good um, record of taking players from from teams like that that just are on the fringes and them being great lingard for example zuma for us like players that were at a big club and just couldn't break through for whatever reason um so i think he would be great i would say if we get rid of if we sell paqueta which it's there were rumors of an 88 million pound bid rejected today i don't know if that's true or not but that's a lot. That's a, a massive That's amount a of money for basically doubling our investment in a year on uh, a Paqueta. If we, I really don't want to sell Paqueta, but if we did, I would demand Palmer come back for, from City. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. But I, but if we did, if that did happen, I think we'd still have to sign one more person then. As a center forward. Uh, yeah, because he could. Yeah, yeah we it, well. Unless the only thing I'd say, unless we decide to move Bowen pretty much to center forward, yeah. So that, that, that that's free it's up funny you say that because I'm I'm looking at these targets. I'm not seeing any Skamaka. Where's the Skamaka replacement? You know, where's yeah. all the? I'm thinking to myself. All right, we need a center forward. Center forward. However, like you said, we have Ings. 
we have Antonio, and possibly maybe now we move Bowen over. So that gives us a fourth striker, yeah. fourth center forward. So I, um, yeah, Cole would Cole would fill that, I guess, for me. Exactly. And so I'm kind of thinking now that's where the team's going because there's just a little bit more opportunity for the midfield, uh, I should say attacking midfield players right now on the market. And yeah, so it's interesting you say that because that was kind of what I was thinking. Um, maybe, and, you know. If we move to that, I guess Palmer would also give us some positional flexibility in the sense yes. of if we move to that kind of five, three, two, he could move to the, you know, the kind of that number 10 role of the midfield three. Mm. Um, and then Bowen and, you know, Antonio or Mubama, someone, someone is just the two strikers. Yeah. 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 I would say that's my prediction is that we're, uh, we'll do that, but I don't want to get rid of so, what was, so let's say, what, what would it, what would the without Palmer? What would the number be that you'd say at this point at the transfer window you would sell Paqueta for? What number do Man City have to put out there? And without Cole Palmer, without a viable replacement that we know we're going to get right after him, I that's tough. I'd say, I mean, like you, you mentioned, I would say over 80 million or even. 85 million and that's ridiculous that's a ridiculous number i know we rejected the bid uh that you said you said you saw some rumors on it so but i'm just thinking to myself like it's 80 million maybe 90 million like we've got to get a ridiculous amount of money to not replace him in a one i don't want to say one for one trade because it's not exactly cool bomber for piquetta but um there has to be some sort of massive reason that we would go for that and lose what Piquetta gives us right now. Cause Piquetta right now is the cornerstone in our attack. I mean, when he's, he's the only thing that makes our midfield make sense right now. Mm-hmm. If you know, with, right. with Ward Prowse and Alvarez, like, right. It, it doesn't make sense to go into the season with Alvarez, Ward Prowse and Suchek as, as a three, you have mm-hmm. to have that more creative player in there uh, to make that work. And so, yeah, I'd say, for me, and it's, if these numbers are so big, it's even hard. It's hard to just imagine. Yes. I would say uh, the package would have to be about ninety-five million. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because because we, we would have to get a replacement, and and whatever team we get a replacement from would know we're pressed for it and, and make us overpay for that. So, um, it, and let's say let's say if they if they put Cole Palmer in the deal, well, maybe what would you take? So Cole Palmer plus what? Uh, if they put Cole Palmer in the deal, I would take a couple million more, five to ten million more than what we paid for Piquetta, because really? we're yep, I think so. And the reason yeah, I say you this, think, you think all, Palmer's Piquetta, that good? You you really you believe that that strongly in what Palmer yeah. he gives us? Yeah, so. I do because Palmer's twenty one. Um, he's yeah. extremely young. I think Piquetta had he proved himself here. Um. But I do think that we have a better – Paqueta will leave at a certain point. And like you mentioned with players that – I don't want to call him on the – I don't want to call Cole Palmer on the fringe. But he has a lot to oh, prove he, at West He did. Day. I think he featured maybe cup, cup and league combined 500 minutes last year for six. Okay, yeah. All right, perfect. So it, it, Cole Palmer has a lot to prove, and I think we could keep him a lot longer. Um, the only thing is you're okay. taking a little bit of risk. That's why I, do, I definitely want to get all the money back from Piquetta and then probably five to 10 million more, um, maybe even 15, depending on like what the really, what the deal is. But you're yeah. thinking kind of 50 ish, 55 million. Yeah. That range. Okay. What do See, you think? I, th- I think I need a little more. I, I really like mm-hmm. Cole Palmer and I think he's the type of player we need to sign as West Ham to, to kind of push up to that next level. Young, but not maybe not good enough right now for for a top top club, so we can hold on to him. I would say I would want at least sixty five or seventy. Um, Interesting, yeah. Just because Piquetta proved himself. <laughs> Piquetta, man, Piquetta was so good at the end of last so year, good. and he's I don't know, because they're not like fully like for like in terms of. I don't really. I Palmer. We'd have to still go get another player. Um, to kind of fill that midfield position, I would I would need probably seventy because I, I think we'd I think we'd have to shell out about forty to fifty to go get another, that replacement player. Um, yeah, that, that's fair. I, I don't think that's necessarily like a 
bad. I wouldn't say that's an overestimate. You know, I, no. I personally take a little less because I do believe in Cole Palmer. Um, I also, but I mean, I guess you're right. Like the gamble is that he's not, yeah. uh, he, he doesn't fit one for one, which I mean, we, I wouldn't expect him to, but I expect him to be pretty darn good. I honestly, though, I maybe, maybe I'd take 5 million less than that because I'm thinking about it again. And as West Ham in our history, we have had a tendency to have a player that gets a massive valuation after one or two seasons of excellence, not take it, and then end up having to sell that player for yes. a third of it. Like I'm thinking Payette. We didn't sell him when we were getting those huge deals. I think I would say maybe it was Man United or someone was offering like $60 million, basically triple what we paid for him. We didn't do it, and then he forced his way out half a year later for twenty million. What about or, Lanzini in his prime? Yeah, Lanzini in his prime. We 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 kind of got those offers. We didn't take it, and then obviously he more injury stuff with him. But like mm-hmm. I could easily see a situation, whether it's injury, whether it's you know whatever, where something ha- something happens between the, between Paqueta and West Ham, the the relationship gets fractured. And we have to sell him for thirty million in a year or two, and he or he or he gets injured and it's never the same. And man, being able to replace him with a young talent like Palmer and make money off the deal, yeah, that'd be tough to pass up. Yeah, it, it would definitely depend on like what the number is. Um, one thing that I, I want to kind of touch on really quick, we don't have to go crazy into it. Um, where do you see uh, Kerr and Emerson fitting in, especially with these new signings and their speed? I would say I know they're yeah. Um, I know they can play like the like, I, and I guess I want to pose it as the fullbacks coming forward with their speed. Are we going to rely more on the fullbacks coming forward, or are we going to rely more on a separate defense, like um, a separate defense and attack compared to right now? Our kind of our system is Sufal, and whoever plays on the left is is fast. I think I think we're probably going to see a five back if this McGuire deal gets over the line. Yeah. Um, okay. And it's there still looks like to, to be some contract stuff they're ironing out, so it's not guaranteed yet. If that's the case, I think we need a new left back as cover. I think Emerson can play the role. I, I th- I'm confident with Emerson being our starter that we're going to be yeah. okay there. On the right, we're in a position where we're the players we have are just good enough. And we have enough of them where they're just good enough that we don't need a replacement. But if we don't get a replacement, I think that's going to be a weak point of the team. Sufal, he's still pretty good defensively, but he's he's just kind of he's not as good going forward though. I just don't. He he doesn't send in very good crosses. Um, not super creative. And then Carer. I don't. I don't know. I'm. Sometimes I think he, man, he makes this great tackle, but then sometimes he gives away a stupid penalty, or maybe is he just making that great tackle because he got beat and mm-hmm. had to, you know, come up with it. And he's so he is so fast, but he also he's I don't so fast. I don't think he's a good crosser either. Like I don't. I don't. I still see him more as a almost more of a center back than a fullback. Um, yeah, just because he—I don't think he quite has the ball playing capability to be a wing back like that. Um, now, let me propose one more thing to you. What if we went to a four back? So we we added an extra striker up top. Right now, I feel like we need more attacking help, and our defense has been decently solid. So if we do a four back, uh, this would also assume, I suppose. I, I don't. I don't want to commit to who I'm going to put in the four back. But if we do a four back, that gives a central player up top. I don't think we have the team for it right now. I don't think this would ever happen. Um, so like, but, a, were you thinking like a four four two or like a, yeah four four two? Uh, yeah, but then that's if we lose Paqueta, I can see it. If we lose Paqueta, and we decide to go in with a midfield two of Ward Prowse and Alvarez as the starters, have. Palmer on the right, Ben Rama on the left, Ben Rama or Fornals on the left, and then Bowen and it, let's say Antonio with maybe Ings and Obama kind of rotating through. Yeah, 
I can see it. I just don't know. I'm I'm torn because I don't like then then I get a lot, a lot more concerned about Emerson being out on the left. Yeah. Then I it get does a bring little, up other problems. Yeah. And we do have like some seriously good center backs. Uh, and a lot of them, if especially yeah. if this Harry Maguire deal. And so let's talk about Harry Maguire. What, what yeah, what's your thoughts? Uh, and I, I mean, I'll start off if if you want me to. Um, not a huge fan of this, honestly. I don't like the player, to be honest. Um, not that I have anything against him, like as a character, but in my opinion, he is the package deal of Dawson. Dawson was pretty good at defense a lot of times, but when he's not good at defense and he makes mistakes. They end up in red cards, they end up in penalties, they end up in self, uh, well, in yep. not own goals, yep. but goals that are directly caused by his one mistake. And yep. he causes a lot of those mistakes. It's not one a season, it's not two a season. It's like every three weeks, a goal is yeah. directly caused by him. So I don't understand why we would get, I'm just going on this rant now. I don't understand why we would get a player for so much money. He's a little bit older now. He's. It's not like he's in, he's 20, you know, and and yet he makes these mistakes is it is it that he needs a fresh start and he will succeed with a fresh start i think a lot of people have the opinion that he just needs a fresh start i am not what what i am concerned about is his lack of yeah basically the errors but it's the errors coming down to bad ball possession and i don't see a way, whether in a four-back or a, th- a three-back, you know, or five, you know, two center backs or three center backs, no matter which way we play, I am worried about a backline that has both Zuma and Maguire in it together. I think we can. I think we can be okay with one of them. I am worried the high presses are going to terrorize, say, a back mm-hmm. three. I think Aguirre's a great ball handler, so I'm not worried about him. But yeah. like, if it's him on the left, Maguire in the middle, that pushes Zuma out onto the right. That means Zuma has to do a lot more passing that I don't think he's suited for, and he has to a lot do a lot more out wide defending that I don't think he's he's suited for. And then, or if you say a four back, well, then you have Zuma and Maguire together, and that just doesn't work. And so that's what I'm mostly worried about. With him, it just—I I have my qualms about signing a player that has his wage bill and that fee for someone that old, thirty years old as a defender, mm-hmm. already not very fast, and we're paying thirty million for you. What are we going to get two and a half good years out of you? Maybe like I, I don't see—is he going to? He's not going to be a good starter for us three and a half years, four years from now. So why are we paying that much? Well, the other thing too is why – look at our team right now, right? Aguirre, he's not replacing Aguirre. He's not replacing Zuma. He's not – like he may play alongside Zuma. He's not replacing Zuma. Uh, is he replacing Ogbonna? Or if we're paying $30 million for a center defender, I would hope that he yeah. would – you know, like think about, for instance, this just comes to mind, John Terry in his prime. You are starting John Terry – 10 times out of 10, he's replacing any player. Uh, Harry Maguire is not the player that you're going to just throw, in my opinion. You're not gonna, just going to throw him in this team. He's automatically going to kick one of the center defenders out. Uh, so I don't see I – don't, I don't get it. I really don't get it. I think what we need what, – what the ideal center back I would purchase for us is a right-sided center back that's pacey and can play the ball. I think a back five would work great. If we put Zuma in the middle, as kind of he doesn't have to defend out wide, he mostly just wins headers and makes short passes to people. Aguirre on the left, I think, is brilliant. He's, yes. he's he can recover great. He can play long balls. He can switch the field. He does everything you want in a back three center back, and then basically a right side version of that, uh, some guy that can defend on out on wide one on one, because if our if our fullbacks are pushing up, he needs to be able to defend a winger at least long enough for the rest of our defense to get set. But then also someone that can play balls down the line because he, in Moise's system, that's kind of what you're, what you need. And I just don't, maybe I'm wrong about McGuire. I just don't say, see him as a good enough distributor in what Moise wants. But I mean, Moise, Moise has been pushing for the signing 
so hard. In fact, this is, if anything, this signing shows me that it is Moyes that has the final say on transfers because no mm-hmm. one else in West, no one else in the West Ham hierarchy want McGuire that bad, if at all. Yeah. Yep. I agree. Uh, I think that, I mean, that pretty much covers it. I, I don't really have let's, a uh, Yeah. Maybe let's just finish up with, with one quick thing. If we have, so kind of given our thoughts on Alvarez, Ward Prowse, McGuire, let's assume all the, all three of those are coming in. Let's go ahead and assume we're going to start the year with either Paqueta or Palmer. Maybe that's not a safe assumption, but let's let's assume. Let's say say that all that happens. Maybe maybe Paqueta stays. Maybe he leaves, and we get Palmer. If that's the situation, either one of those. What do you think are the other players we need to sign this year? Maybe give sign... me position and style. Like what position and what do you want in that position? Mm, interesting. Uh, I would want to sign one more attacking player. If so, let's say we kept uh, there was no deal right now with uh, Palmer and Paquetta, right? So Palmer yeah. doesn't come, Paquetta stays. We still have a lot of money from the Declan deal to use. Um, not that we have to use it, but if we did another massive signing up forward, I specifically like a center forward or a striker, then I would say, darn, this team is going to go nuts. And that was not what I would said three weeks ago. Yeah. Um, so I would want to spend it on a striker. Um, and I would say that because I'm not convinced by Danny Ings. I think Antonio can play. I'm worried if he gets hurt. Um, you know, I'm excited. I, yeah, I, I don't think we have necessarily a proven second striker. There's, like you mentioned, um, Mumbama's, like, I'm pretty excited about to see him. Uh, I'm excited to see what he can do for us, but I'm, I wouldn't say he's a, like, reliable, he will come in for Antonio and be the exact same. You know what I mean? Like, we just haven't really seen a ton. Yeah at the at that level so yeah i'd um, say i'd say for the, i i want a forward as well my key trait i want in them whether it's a winger or a striker is pace i think our team up front needs more pace bowen is really the only one bowen and antonio are the only ones that offer that but i don't think either of them are blazers they're i mean they're they're fast but they're not I don't think Bowen's really faster than the the modern center back. I mean, the, not the modern, the the modern fullback. I don't think Antonio he can he can beat center backs, but he's not he's not getting in behind all that often. Whereas, so I'd want to want want a forward that has pace. Any other position you want? Uh, one one minute. Just finish one quick thing on that. Think if, and I would take this deal probably nine times out of ten. If we traded Paquetta for Cole Palmer and we had a decent fee and could guarantee that we would get a 50 to 70 million dollar or million pound striker. Yeah, I just don't know if, if I think I take that right now. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah I think at would, this point, yeah. Right, right now, especially in the transfer window, um, mm-hmm. I don't think that exists, but I would. Uh, I think that Cole Palmer would be a good enough replacement in that capacity where we know we have someone reliable up top. Anyways, yeah. uh, that was just a side thought. Uh, other positions, it, it's interesting. So you talked about the defense. I honestly would not sign anyone on the defense right now. I'm talking specifically uh, for like a Sufar replacement, um, you know, left fullback replacement to right fullback and left fullback. I would wait probably till January if we really needed someone, but I think we've got the coverage. Uh, I think midfield... I'm pretty comfortable in the midfield. Uh, if we got another person in the midfield, great. But I, uh, now, like you said, assuming those signings go through, I think we'd be fairly covered there. Um, yeah, I honestly, I'm I'm pretty comfortable if these three signings come in. I do want a striker. The rest of them, I think we can deal with. Especially we have the depth, and I think we have the ability in each skill in each player's skill uh, to do well and. To kind of see how things shake out with these new signings. I I know that when Antonio gets hurt, we are in a lot of trouble. Yeah, I'm. I think. See, I I think if we if we're committing to the five back, we still need one more left back. I don't think Cresswell can play there, and he might leave anyway. And then I also think we we need one more center back. Because See, I'm assuming Emerson. I'm I'm assuming we're not playing Crestfall. I'm yeah, assuming. But say, let's say we have a five back. Then we real. Oh, I guess we have. I guess we have Cornet that could put there. That's um, 
So, okay, maybe not, maybe, but I think we, okay, so I scratched that on the left back, but I still think we need a backup center back because we'd have Maguire, Aguerd, and Zuma starting. Our backups would be Ogbana, and you, I guess you could say Carer because he can play there. Yeah. But um, unless I'm, am I missing anyone else? I, I think that's kind of. Um, no. Because then just one injury, which Zuma, Maguire, I mean, Zuma, Zuma for sure, but also Aguero to Maguire can pick up injuries fairly easily too. Yeah, but you do, but those two players are solid. I don't know if you need another, a third center back because you can play Agbana and Kerr. So I, I'm thinking like, you know, uh, an, an okay guy that's like a promising, you yeah, know, second kind, division Kind of like player. a Craig Dawson. Yeah, like not someone, not someone that's coming in to start, but someone that's coming yeah. in for you know like ten million pounds, kind of more as cover. Yeah, yeah, I I could see that. I'm not. I definitely wouldn't be upset with that. Um, it is that is interesting. You say that because speaking about center back depth, it does make Maguire a bigger deal for us to get. Because if that deal doesn't go through, you know, then we've only got what one backup who in Carer that is kind of not even a center a full-time center back so um yeah i i mean i think i agree uh besides that chris do you have any uh, closing thoughts for this section no i i think i'm really interested excited to see what what happens over the next really few days before this 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 first opening game and i'm sure we'll we'll have more thoughts once that once that bournemouth game is over and we get a couple more signings in so that's all i got to say perfect yeah all right we'll see you next time on green eggs and west ham Come on, you irons. Come on, you irons.